Good to see everybody out tonight. We'll go ahead and get started. Y'all uh, pray for Brother Josh Bennett. He's going to be preaching for us here in a little while. So uh, let's go ahead and get started with page 362. You can remain seated.
one more. Let's all stand. Page 188. I know we usually do this song just to Easter, but felt like we wanted to sing it tonight. <coughs>
tonight. I hope everybody's had a great day. I have. I'm glad to see y'all here. Got a few announcements. Um, Back to school bash is coming up July 22nd. Uh, So be in prayer for that. Um, Like I said, excuse me, uh, put it out there in our community. I'm going to try to get as many kids in here as we can. Uh, Just uh, show them a good time, show them the uh, love of God, and uh, try to uh, build up our, our kids on our Crusaders uh, coming up. Uh, so uh, put that out there if you don't mind. Uh, the 23rd, McKenzie Woods Baby Shower. Uh, so don't forget about that. Uh, tomorrow at 11 o'clock, I believe it is, uh, there's a, a ladies' meeting in the fellowship hall uh, for the devotion that y'all are doing. Uh, so if you want to be here for that, uh, please do so. Uh, remember, our yearly conference is going to be August the 2nd. Uh, so remember that. <clears throat> I do have an additional announcement as far as that's concerned. Uh, we do have a position opened up as for the next generation. Uh, so if anybody's interested in uh, taking that position and uh, heading up next generation, uh, please let uh, Terry and myself know. Uh, just be in prayer about it and, uh, and let us know. Uh, let's see, August the 5th, there's going to be a ladies' conference at Harvest Baptist. It's going to be from 10 o'clock to 3 o'clock. There's a uh, $10, uh, $10 fee, I guess, at the door, uh, but it's uh, uh, RSVP only. Uh, you have to uh, actually RSVP by the 15th of this month. Uh, there's actually going to be a sign-up sheet uh, outside the door here uh, tonight. So if you're interested in that, August the 5th, Ladies' Conference at Harvest Baptist, uh, just sign the sheet and uh, we'll get that going. Uh, let's see. Next Sunday, for morning and evening service, we're going to have uh, Casey Kerr here. Uh, just remember that. And uh, Keith Allison on the 23rd. All right. So we're going to go ahead and take a prayer request. Uh, anybody have a... Yes, sir. Steve Hill.
Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Steve Hill. Absolutely. Absolutely. Anybody else? Yes, sir. Gail Vickers and Tommy Burns. Anybody else? Yes. Jason Back. Oh, B-A-T-T-E? Okay, Back. Okay. Oh, absolutely, Brother John and Debbie, yes. Yes, be in prayer for Aniston. Yeah, she's got some kind of virus going on. Anybody else? Oh. My mom's Austin. Yeah, Jane. Okay. Or Jan, rather. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> right. There's a, a, one of our crusaders, Charlotte Martin. I don't know if you heard about that, but uh, she is. Is it Eggleston she's in? She's in children's health care. Children's health care. She, she was diagnosed with leukemia. It came on pretty fast, so keep her in your prayers. Absolutely, yeah. Pray for Stanley. Anybody else? Oh, I'm sorry. Judy Johnson. Helen. Dress. Okay. Dwayne Dover. Yeah. Yes, sir. Scott Woodson. Okay. Anybody else? Oh, remember uh, Angela Tanner Scott called me yesterday. She was supposed to have some surgery today. They're supposed to put some pops out. She's also having some complications. They have throat cancer. So I'll pray for her. All right, pray for Josh as he comes up and gives us a message. Uh, everybody, please come up to the altar and uh, let's pray for everybody's lifted up before the Lord tonight.
that God already answered prayers. I got a text saying somebody wanted to have uh, the next generation. So God's already answered prayers. So uh, good to have your brother Josh here tonight. Your brother Josh come on up and preach to us and just uh, end it ever how you feel you need to. Appreciate the opportunity to be in God's house this evening. Always appreciate the opportunity to stand behind the pulpit and preach. I know I don't deserve to be back here, but I sure appreciate the Lord trying to use me in every every way He can. We'll be in Second Timothy tonight. <clears throat> so we're taking uh, prayer requests. Somebody mentioned Brother Stanley. Appreciate y'all praying for him, but. Uh, I was thinking any of y'all that know Brother Stanley, I'll be much in prayer for Miss Kim as well, as she's taking care of him while he's in pain. He, he takes pain about as good as anybody I've ever met, so be, be in prayer for both of them. We're going to be in 2 Timothy. I tried to not preach this message tonight, because it's not a message a lot of people probably want to hear, uh, but the Lord kept bringing me back to it. I actually brought another one with me tonight. It's where I wanted to be, but the Lord won't let me be there. Uh, so y'all bear with me. If I make you mad, just don't get mad at me. I'm just the messenger. So let's be in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3. We're going to start in verse 1. And we'll eventually get through the whole chapter. It says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, Lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. From such turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women, laden with sins, led away with diverse lusts, ever learning, and never able to come to the knowledge of truth. Now as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith, but they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men as theirs also was. So I want to look at just for a few minutes tonight at the wicked state of the world that we're living in. And we as a church, we're, we're becoming the minority. And I preached this at our church not too long ago. And uh, as I was studying the message and, and kind of trying to glean something from the Lord, I realized that the church as a whole is becoming a minority. And we, we hear about minorities all the time and people... Uh, a lot of them are kind of competing against who got it bad, who's got it the worst off. There's this minority, that minority. But the church, the true uh, body of Christ, has become the minority tonight. And the problem is, it's the world that we're living in. Uh, but to go a little bit further than that, I believe the problem is within the church. Uh, hey, there's a problem because the church has begun to live just the way that these verses I read have been stating. Hey, it said, This know that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own what? Their own selves. It doesn't say they're going to be lovers of God. They're lovers of their own selves. And, and we see this every day. We see this with, uh, you turn on the television, you see things on the news. You see uh, people stealing or robbing from one another. You see people shooting up uh, schoolhouses. You see all kinds of things going on. And the whole uh, premise to that is selfishness. Hey, it's all selfishness. Everybody's here out to get what I can get. Hey, we're out to do things for me. What can I do to make me better? Uh, what can I do to, to get more money? What can I do to get more recognition? What can I do to get more fame and more wealth? Hey, but that's not what we're supposed to do tonight. And it goes on, he says, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. Is that not what we see tonight? 
Hey, we, <clears throat> as I read through those, he says, disobedient to parents, unthankful and unholy. Hey, look at the generation of children today. Hey, look at uh, all the kids in the schoolhouses and, and the things that they're saying. I, I guarantee you, if you were to go on a social media page of any kind of child that's in, uh, in middle school or high school today, the things that they're saying, the things that they're doing, the things they talk about, with, to the, about their parents, things of that nature, you're going to see disobedience, you're going to see unthankfulness, you're going to see unholiness, and it's starting in the schoolhouse. And it's starting with our children in the schoolhouse. And it didn't just happen overnight, Brother Ron. It started creeping in a long time ago. Hey, I was there not too long ago. Well, I say that. It, was, it wasn't long ago, but uh, it was bad when I was there, but it's a whole lot worse now. Hey, there's things that have, have crept in, the things that teachers are teaching today. They're not, they're not according to this book because we as parents have allowed this book to be taken out of the school. Hey, we as the church have sat back idly while, while prayer was taken out, hey, while, while the Bible was taken out, and now it's too late. It's not getting back in. Uh, the only way it's going to get back in is if the church stands up and takes a stand for what's right. And the problem is that there's a lot of churches out there tonight that are doing nothing but tickling eardrums. Hey, they're doing nothing but uh, telling people what they want to hear so they can get a little bit bigger crowd. Hey, there's not a very big crowd here tonight. And I believe that's because people become lovers of this own world uh, more than they love coming to the house of God. And this has been something that's been hard on my heart lately because there's so many people. You can talk to anybody you come in contact with and you ask them if they're a Christian. They're going to tell you, yeah. They're going to tell you, yes, they're going to go to heaven when they die. They're going to tell you they know Jesus. Uh, but if you step back and watch their lives for just a few minutes, uh, you couldn't tell them any different than this person sitting on the side of the road, drunk as, uh, drunk as all get out. That's because our hearts have not been changed. And we'll go on to verse number three. He says, without natural affections, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent fears, despisers of those that are good. And I won't hammer on this too long, but he says, without natural affection. You can't turn on a TV show tonight without it showing a homosexual couple on it. Now, you can't go down the street without seeing somebody of the same sex with somebody else. And it says, without natural affections. That's not natural this morning or this evening. Hey, that's not the way that God designed it to be, Brother Warren. Hey, and, and the church as a whole, there's churches out there that have homosexual pastors in them. Hey, when the church starts welcoming sin into its doors, that's when this nation's going to go down even further. Hey, we're, the, we're in the state that we're in because the church has allowed sin to come in. And I believe that with all my heart tonight, uh, that <clears throat> the more immoral we allow the church to get, the worse the world's going to get. Uh, I try to teach my kids this at church because we have a rough bunch of kids sometimes. And I've told them, I asked them what kind of music to listen to. I asked uh, one little girl, I said, what's your favorite kind of music? She said, I like rap. She's probably 10 years old. I like rap. I said, well, do you think God likes rap? Well, and she started thinking about it. I said, well, what does that stuff talk about? And she started telling me what all the words were. I said, you really think God likes that kind of music? Well, probably not. I said, and you're filling your mind and your heart with that kind of junk. And what's going to come out is kind of junk. And that's the problem with the church is when we leave these doors, we set the, the Sunday coat off and we put on the world's coat and we start listening to the world's music. We start watching the world's TV shows and we start doing the things that the world's doing. And before long, uh, Christ is so far in the back burner that we've turned into the world. And I'm preaching to myself tonight, too. I'm not, I'm not hammering anybody tonight. But the problem with the church is we're not living it outside these doors. Hey, there's, there's so many people and there's uh, preachers on TV today that they don't really care about furthering the kingdom of God. They care about furthering their pocketbook. And they're going to teach you uh, what they want you to hear. They're going to teach you about the God of love and, and all these wonderful things. And if you give to me, you're going to get. Hey, but can I tell you, they're not preaching this word because in the word it tells you what kind of days we're living in. And then he says, it goes on, he says, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. 
If we could love God as much as we love the pleasures of this world, can you imagine how far we go? Imagine what we could accomplish if we could truly love God the way we love this world. I was talking to somebody the other day, and uh, we were talking about sleep for some reason and, and how much we enjoy getting sleep because we don't sleep a whole lot anymore with kids. But when I realized that I enjoy those few more minutes of sleep in the morning more than getting up and reading my Bible. If we could enjoy getting in God's Word as much as we enjoy getting a little bit of rest. If we could enjoy getting in God's Word as much as we enjoy sitting on the uh, couch and watching TV when we get home from a long day at work. Hey, if we could put Him first, we'd go a lot further in, in this Christian walk. But we love pleasures more than we love God. And then it goes on as says, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such turn away. And again, we've got people who are standing on platforms today that are, that are claiming to be uh, workers for Christ, but they've got that form, but they don't have the true power of God in their lives. And Brother Ron and I, I want to have the power of God in my life. Now, I want to have the power of God on me so much that when I leave this place, people can look at me and just know that there's something different about that man. Now, I want to I have the power of God so much that people want to come to me when they have problems. Hey, when they're having issues, they want to know what, what God says about it, so they come to me. I want that. Because I want to have God that, that forefront in my life. And then he goes on, uh, and I want to skip the last four, verse. He says uh, in verse 9, he said, But they proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men, as it also was. There's going to be a time when this world's gone. Hey, the pleasures of this world are going to end. Hey, but the things of Christ are the only things that are going to be eternal. Now, that and hell. That, that's as simple as it is. There's heaven and there's hell. You can walk with Christ or you can walk away from Christ, and in the end, and you're going to spend for eternity in a place called hell. And I guarantee you'll probably remember every single time that you rejected Christ. Every time you did something that uh, you'd rather have done instead of turning to Him. Uh, but I'm glad that we've been given a way of escape through Christ. Uh, but I want to go on a little bit further and teach to, uh, uh, talk to the Christian tonight. Which I believe uh, everybody here in the house are. You know your heart uh, more than I do. But I want to read in the next few verses. He said, verse 10, he said, But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, what persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution, but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. And we'll stop there. <clears throat> So in verse 10, this is Paul talking. He said, But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, and patience. So there he's listing uh, some of the attributes of his life and his Christian walk. And this is him talking to Timothy. He's about to lay his mantle down and, and let Timothy take, all, uh, take over from there. Uh, but that list should still pertain to us. He said he had a doctrine. Hey, there's a doctrine that we ought to be studying and living our lives after tonight. And it's every word and every dot and every tittle that comes out of this book. It should be how we're uh, uh, forming our life after. Amen. And then he goes on and says, your manner of life. Hey, we should have a different life than anybody in this world. Hey, our life should be mannered after Christ, not of this world. And then he goes on and says he had a purpose. Do we not have a purpose? Hey, as David said, is there not a cause? Hey, there's a cause tonight because there's people lost and dying on their way to hell. And we have the way out. Hey, we have the ticket. We can give them. We can tell them the way, but we keep our mouths shut. Hey, we've got a purpose tonight. goes on and he said he has faith. And we should all have that same faith. A long-suffering, charity, love, and patience. That's probably the one I struggle with the most. I'm a very impatient person. Uh, but he said he had patience. 
So he lists all these different things, but then the part we don't like, verse 11 says, persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch. And he goes on. But then at the end he said, but uh, I endure, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. I think a lot of the reason that Christians aren't sold out to God tonight is because it's not a walk in the park. Hey, we think, uh, a lot of people want to think that once we're Christians, it's all going to be hunky-dory, that uh, life's going to be great, and it's going to be wonderful. Hey, but what did they do to Christ when he was down here? Hey, if they rejected him, he said they're going to reject you also. Hey, so we're going to suffer persecution just as Paul did. Hey, we're going to suffer things down here. We're not promised anything uh, uh, great and wonderful. But he said, yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer. I was reading that last night, and I've never quite read it that way. I slowed it down, and he said, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus. So if we're not suffering tonight, if we're not, have never had any persecution come in our lives as a Christian, all. If we're not, have we never uh, experienced some kind of persecution for Christ's sake or realized that there's that out there, and we should probably check up a little bit on our hearts, make sure that we're where we need to be with Christ. Hey, I want to be godly. Hey, I want to live a Christian life so godly and, and so close to him that when I do suffer persecution, I can be as Paul and say, the Lord delivered me out of all of it and not let it bring me down. Yeah. And I want to scoot over to uh, uh, the book of John in chapter 15. I'm going to read uh, verses 17 through 21. He said, these things I command you that you love one another. If the world hate you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If ye were of the world, the world would love his own. But because ye are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Remember the world that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my sayings, they will keep your sayings. But all these things will they do unto you for my name's sake, because they know not him that sent me. Verse 19 says, If ye were of the world, the world would love his own. But because ye are not of the world... But I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. And we're not of the world tonight. And I'm thankful for that, we're not of the world. Hey, but the world's not going to like us because we're not one of theirs. Hey, we belong to somebody that's a whole lot greater than this world. Hey, when I, was, when I got saved as a 15-year-old boy, I was bought, and I was bought with a very high price. And we all were. When Christ shed his blood on Calvary, he bought us for the Ron. Uh, he paid that price that nobody else was willing to pay for us. And because of that, the world hates us. Hey, the world doesn't like Christ. Hey, why? Because the God of this world is Satan himself, and Satan despises him with every fiber of his being. And because of that, the world's going to hate us because we love him. And I think that's why a lot of people are ashamed of him. That's why a lot of people are, uh, are afraid to proclaim the name of Christ. Hey, but I tell you what, the older I get, the more I don't care what people think of me. Hey, the more I don't care if you like me or not. Hey, I want to serve God, and I want to be as close to him as I can. But the one way we can do that, and this is my third point, is we have a weapon to get us through persecution. And we have a weapon to get us through this battle we're fighting day in and day out, Brother uh, Warren. And I want to read the last little bit of this uh, in chapter 3 in 2 Timothy. And I won't be much longer. Starting in verse 14, he said, But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, 
that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. We've been given this book as the perfect roadmap of how to live our lives. Hey, every, every word, uh, every saying in it, every, every comma, every period, everything in this book is 100% true. It's 100% real. It's 100% alive. That's how we ought to live our lives. And a little bit further than that, we should be in love with the Word of God. It should be the first thing we want to do in the morning, Brother Terry, is get up and read our Bible. Why? Because this is the, the perfect Word of God that He talks to us with. Hey, I enjoy talking to my wife because I love her. Hey, we should enjoy talking to God because we love Him. Hey, we should want to hear from Him. We should be hungry for it. Hey, I've got a, I've got a friend of mine that I used to work with. Uh, we don't see eye to eye on a lot of things. But he reads his Bible and studies his Bible more than anybody I've ever met in my life. And that's all he wants to talk about. What I studied this morning. Let me tell you what I read this morning. I just, re I just learned something. He's so excited about it. And that's what I want to be like. Now, I think of Brother Tim. You can't talk to that man without getting some kind of scripture. And I love it. I want to be just like him. I want to get to where every, uh, every instance that I come to in my life, a scripture pops in my mind and helps me through it. And that's why we have this word this morning. He said, all scripture is given by God. It's profitable. Hey, it's, it's good for correction. It's instructing us. He said that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Hey, I thought about that like buying a house. Hey, you buy a house, you're not going to leave it empty. Hey, you want to start buying all your furniture. You want something to sit on. You want something to sleep on. You want something to eat your food on. Uh, hey, that's what this Bible does for it. It furnishes our hearts and gives us everything we need to be able to walk this Christian life. Hey, it gives us all the, uh, all the uh, spiritual food that we need. All the, the power we need is through this book. And I started thinking, there's so many different versions and so many perversions of this Bible. Uh, and I started thinking about it last night, and I found a paper that was given to me several years ago. And I just want to show you a couple things in it. Because I've had uh, several discussions lately about versions and uh, why we believe the King James Bible. And I'll believe this Bible to the day I die. This will be the one that I, that I love, the one that I read and live by. But I started reading this, it was a comparison between different versions. And there are so many verses that are just completely left out of other Bibles. And I'll tell you one, it says, For the Son of Man has come to save that which was lost. This is in Matthew 18, verse 11. The New International Version is not there. And I thought, well, maybe that's just a... Whoever wrote this paper just wanted to make it sound bad. So I pulled it up on, on my phone. I pulled up the NIV version. Sure enough, that verse is not there. And then I'll go on. It says there's a verse... Uh, Luke 4, 8, he says, get thee behind me, Satan, it's gone. And the NIV, the New American Standard, the New World Translation, it's not there. There's so many verses that are just taken out completely or so, so skewed to say something different. Hey, if we start taking things out of the Word of God and trying to change what God has written, hey, we've messed up. Amen. Hey, and there's so many people, they take the Word of God and they fuse it into what's going to fit their life best. Hey, if we're letting our lives change the Bible, we've missed the mark. Hey, this Bible should change our lives. Hey, we should be using the words in this Bible. If they hurt us or they cut us a little bit too deep, it's because we're in the wrong place. Hey, we're not where we need to be tonight. Hey, I don't care how much easier it is to read. We ought to read the Word of God and let it do something in our hearts. And I think that's the problem with the church is we've turned away from God's Word. Hey, there's so many people tonight that, uh, that are going to sit under a preacher and take everything he says as the gospel and not ever open their Bible. I know a lot of people that do that, and uh, I used to be one of them. But I tell you what, when you actually study this book and let God tell you something, hey, it's amazing. It's amazing what you can get from it and what you can learn. A whole lot more than you can learn from a man like me stumbling behind a bullpit. Hey, God can preach to you a whole lot better than I can. 
if you just read his word. But I think that's a lot of our problems. We're lazy. And as a church, we've, we've grown complacent. But I believe as we're living in these last days, it's not a time to get complacent. Hey, it's a time to stand up and pick up the sword and start fighting back. Hey, this is our weapon. It's not just the, uh, our love this morning or this evening, but it's our weapon. This is how we fight what's going on. Hey, this is how I'm going to keep my kids, hopefully, on the doctrine of Christ and not listening to the crap of this world. Excuse my, my, uh, my words there, but it honestly gets me fired up ever since I've had children. Seeing the things that are being forced down their throats. Hey, seeing that everything's accepted now. Hey, it's my job as a father to keep them safe and to keep them in this word. And I believe all of us here that have young children or even older children, hey, it's more important now than ever for us to get in this word so they can see mommy and daddy a little bit different. Hey, they ought to be able to look at mom and dad and see somebody that's living a different life. I want my son to look at me one day and say, I want to be like dad. Hey, I want to go to church. I want to preach one day. If God calls me to preach, I want to preach. I want him to see what I'm doing uh, for God. Because I don't want to see them ever go down a road uh, like the, uh, the people of this world do. I don't ever want to have to go pick my kids up from jail. Hey, I never want to uh, get a phone call that my kid's been in an accident because he was with somebody drinking. Hey, I never want to have to have that. And the only way that I can ensure that or, or hope for that is to stay in my Bible and to stay living my life as an example to them. And I think that's where the church has fallen short. I think that's where the world's fallen short. Is we've stopped trying to draw closer to Christ, we're drawing closer to the world. I know I was all over tonight. But the whole premise is, the whole, uh, uh, what's been on my heart for weeks and months now is, we are living in the last days. I 100% believe that we're in the last days. I don't know if that's five years, ten years, a hundred years, but we're in the last ones. And it's going to get harder every single day, every single year. And if Christians just keep standing back and sitting in the shadows, it's going to get a lot worse a lot quicker. And there's a lot of people that I know and love that I don't want to see die and go to hell. And I want to live my life as close to Christ as I can. There's so many Christians, I'll say this and I'll be done. I was listening to the radio this morning and you listen to how they talk about Christ. Listen to how people uh, word what they call religion. And it's just everybody's so confused. Everybody has different ideas of what being a Christian really is. Everybody's, uh, a lot of people have just missed the mark. They think it's just something to be a part of. But it's so much more than that. To have a relationship with Christ is so much different than just being a part of a religion. Hey, I don't want to be religious tonight. A religion will send you to hell faster than anything else. Hey, I don't want to be religious. I want to be like Christ. I want to serve Christ with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my strength. And I think if we could just get to that point where we're just sold out to him, not sold out to a church, not sold out to a denomination, but sold out to Jesus Christ, we might be able to start seeing a difference. He might be able to start using us again. That's all I had tonight. If anybody's got anything you want to come pray about, I'm sure the altars are always open. No, if not, all hearts and minds are clear. My son-in-law went this week, this past weekend, to Vermont to kind of help one of the preachers out there. And he said that the independent Baptist churches out there are struggling so bad. 
And he said, all the other churches are flying their gay pride flags while the others can't hardly get enough meat. And that's what our nation's become. And we need to pray for this one. This America, we're losing it fast. There's a lot of things I see now that I never dreamed I would see in my days. And these kids that's coming up now, they're going to face a lot more than what we have. And let's just pray for our church. Anybody got any 